What's good, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Docs Outside the Box. I am your host, Dr. Nee, joined by... Dr. Renee. you going to start running out of tunes and nope, never, riffing and never, all those different things. Never, You will. She's doing that because I hate scatting. I don't know... <laughs> It's just the whole concept of just scatting just doesn't seem like is is it scatting is off of jazz right yes yeah I, I don't like scatting. I believe I so know. anyway it's, for me I find I'm scatting a annoying but... no disrespect to the entrepreneur to the you know the pioneers of scatting and all of those different things if you scat right now and you're watching this don't get mad I just I can't about, stand stop I hate it <laughs> it drives me nuts man shout me out if you I mean if you if you feel the same way man like let me know <laughs> you don't like the scat man. No, I don't like the scat man. But guys, remember this is a podcast where we are fusing money, medicine, and pop culture. Yay. And we got a lot to talk about today. We don't matter. We got someone who, or we got a couple that has reached out to us through Textiful. Yay. We also are going to be talking about the books that I'm going to be reading this year, as well as talking about Dr. Chambers, the period doc. What a name. Is it like just giving yourself the name of a condition? <laughs> is, yes. that, is that like that's valid should yo. I call myself like the gallbladder doc or something like that well Do- if, if that's if that's what you Dr. really Dr. hypotension well I mean if that's the thing that you are Dr. like nee. niching yourself down to then yes thoracotomy <laughs> Dr. Nee tracheostomy <laughs> the tracheostomy doc but anyway Dr. Chambers she did a a um, an Instagram reel where she documented what's it like for her to freeze her eggs. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting from so many different um, perspectives. Being a woman, being professional, and being at her age, I think she's about to turn turn thirty five. Um, but let's talk about the financial implications of that because you did yeah. that also. And well, I didn't pre- freeze my eggs. You technically froze your eggs. No, I did not freeze my eggs. What are you talking about? All right. Well, we will get into that in this episode. <laughs> Guys, if you're watching on YouTube, shout out to y'all who are watching on YouTube. I got my tea. Why are you drinking from my... That's my For tea the cup. last several weeks, I I got some type of sickness and I just can't... You've seen this teacup here the entire I time. Didn't, I didn't... Why for I'm the sake just, of this video are you now bringing stuff no, up? No, I'm just realizing that's my favorite teacup. Guys... She's seen me with this teacup for at least I didn't realize 30 it. minutes prior to us recording this. And I now didn't you got realize an issue. it. I think you just put it up for the video. So. Okay, good. Maybe I am. But anyway, guys, welcome to episode 348. Let's jump into our first thing, which is a textable message <laughs> from Leah and Sam. This is what it says. It says, hi, doctors, Nee and Renee. Okay. Our names are Leah and Sam, and we are third-year students at KCU. For those who don't know, that's Kansas City University. Woo-woo, that's our alma mater. That's the school that we went to. But when we first started, it was University of Health Sciences, and then it changed to KCUMB, Kansas City University of Medicine and Biosciences, and now it's... KCU, KCU, KCU and AT and T or something like that. No, it's not no KCU and AT and T. Me, some type of HBCU name at the end or something. Like that. <laughs> it's just KCU, KCU and A and M. No, <laughs> KCU and A and M. Really? <laughs> anyway, you for, idiot. first off, we absolutely love your show, Doctor Nee. We think you're the best. We're not sure exactly why Doctor Renee is on this show. No, that's not what it says, Nee. <laughs> Not what it says. Read what it says. Stop playing. First off, we absolutely love your show. Great info and just so funny. I was absolutely shook when I heard in the episode that you lived in Century Towers <laughs> because I also lived there my first year of medical school in KC, yeah. Kansas City, yeah. right off of Independence Avenue. The two and of us. You lived there the first year since Century Towers went up. Yeah, and you got caught out there sneaking out of there a couple times too. Let's move on. <laughs> the two of us met. Walk of shame. The two of us met at KCU, and actually, <laughs> the two of us met at KCU, and actually want to go into OB gyn and general surgery, just like you two. Oh, we are planning on applying through the couples match. And while it doesn't seem like the two of you chose that route, we're wondering if you have any advice for the two of us. Once again, we love the show so much and look up to you both. Look up to both of you very much. Hope to hear from you. Yay. So shout out to Leah and Sam. They're in a the third year at awesome. Kansas City University. They used to live or at least Leah used to live in Century Towers. My mm-hmm. old digs off of Independence Avenue. Yep. That is a that used to be an osteopathic hospital. Yeah, closed, stayed, you know, closed for Many decades. Years. They renovated it and made it an apartment complex. And 
a lot it was of the nice. students. It was really a great place for me coming from New Jersey all the way there. <coughs> it looked great. It was new. Um, it was fun. The only issue, there was a couple of issues that I had with it. Mm-hmm. The design looked nice, but when you walked into the apartments, it basically was like h- hospital rooms that were converted into, right, into apartments. Into apartments. Yeah. And the paint looked nice. The carpet, everything was new, but it just, you couldn't get that vibe. I couldn't get away from the vibe of, I felt like I was in a hospital room. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing was like medical students all over the place. Yes. It felt like a dorm. Yes. That was the other thing that I didn't like about it. So whether you went to the lounge, there were people studying and then they're studying in scrubs. And then they have their USMLE step one book or their Comlex step one, whatever book that they're reading or reviewing. Yeah. I just needed to get away from it. And I just didn't want, like, I didn't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So it was nice, but it was right across the street from school, and it just felt like that was a dorm. Right. And then, Almost like a campus, yeah. And then the other thing, too, was... <laughs> so because you're because it's across the street from school, yeah, and it starts at a certain time, when you're getting in the elevator, when you're walking Ooh. to class, everybody's going in the same direction. It almost felt like, like we're back in elementary school. Yeah. Or we're back in college, and we're yeah. all walking together. Walking it's just to like, class. I just really, at this point, you know, I'm 23, 24... You old man, right? Well, at that point, though, I'm done with college, though, right? I'm going to mature, consenting. Mature? Definitely mature at that age. Absolutely. Mature? Yes. Mm, Okay. Maturity. I was very in in line of who I was. I was very self-aware of who I was at that point. Mm -hmm. I think that's the ultimate sign of maturity. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, do you have any advice for Leah and Sam who are... In OB. the couples, ma- we definitely did not go that route. Hell no. <laughs> we did not go that route. Um, I don't, so there was something that, there was a conversation though that we had had about that years ago. And remember you were like, oh, if we had couples match, you wouldn't have matched Renee. Remember? Yeah. You had said that to me. And part I just, of it. I just had a notion that general surgery was extremely, and OB was very hard to get into. But yeah. surgery for me, I just had this notion of well, first it's very of all, competitive. Let's be real. Let's be real. Both of them are very competitive. I was not ready to settle down. Right? Well, I wasn't ready to settle down with you either. And I was not ready mm-hmm. to incorporate at that point in my life. You guys have to understand, like I was raised to really just go get mine on my own, and being married or being in a relationship to me in my eyes was a detriment. To be honest, with you, I'm going to be very straightforward. Yes, and this is true. Uh, you know, so for me. Tying my education, which would be my postgrad education, to somebody else, to you or what have you, for me would it make me it made me very, very, very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I just wasn't willing to to think about that, particularly if we weren't married or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And at the time, we were serious, but we weren't really serious. No, we weren't. We were not serious. Me. Christian and Alfred are like, yo, let's just see where this we- goes. <laughs> we were not serious. Stop playing. Stop playing. Well, even more so reason why I wasn't going to put... No, 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 no. We were not serious. I was serious. You weren't serious. So we weren't serious. I was serious about getting into residency. Yeah, there you go. I was serious about getting into residency also. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, I, I, I agree with you, though, that, you know, a couple's match um, is something that you want to reserve for someone who you really, really are like, no, like this is going to result in, you know, some sort of a long-term relationship, whether whether or not you believe in marriage or not, but that you literally have this committed relationship and you don't really um, see yourself, you know, kind of on the scene again, right? So, I mean, that's pretty much the only advice that I could give. Obviously, you, wanna, you want to apply to very, um, you know, to cities that have, both residency programs, that's that's a no-brainer. Or at least, you know, in adjacent cities that might have, you know, um, residency programs. So maybe if you're not necessarily in the same city, maybe you're in a city that's like, you know, 45 minutes away or something like that. So you want to, you know, just be very strategic about where you're applying. But you also, and, and this is where, this is why I thought about the conversation that you and I had years ago you also want to to really feel comfortable with the fact that if one of you matches and the other one doesn't, will you feel like the couple's match is what screwed you up? 
But can that occur? I, I, see, that's the thing. The other thing is I don't really understand the couples match, really. So what I don't well, get— Well, can, can one match and not then the other one I doesn't? I believe I so, know. no. I wasn't trying to do any of that research. <laughs> I didn't I do any of the like, research yo, either. Like, yo, I, don't know I always thought that one— I don't one, know you like that. Listen, if y'all know— after, who, after we finish studying, I don't know where you be going. You I don't know <laughs> you like that. I ain't doing no couples match. Yeah. <laughs> so anybody who did couples match, actually, I would like to— Yeah, if someone has done the couples match— <laughs> Write into us and let us know if you did couples match. Yeah, text I'm, text us like Sam and Leah did. Yeah, put the at text. 833-230-2860. Let us know if you've done the couples match and how it kind of worked for you. But that's something actually we, sh- we should do the research on and come come back on another episode yeah. and talk about that. Because I'm very interested to find out, okay, well, if one per- like how does that work? Like if one person doesn't match, do you both not match? Right. How does that work? Or if one person gets in, you both have to get in? So... I have yeah. no clue mm. how that works. It's very interesting. I always but thought it's, you could, one could, well, maybe, I, I don't know. Because, I. yeah, you're right. I don't know. Yeah. And I, I know that people game the system in some form or fashion, right? Like what some, do you mean? Some people, like, say that they're couples and they're not couples just to kind of, well, I'm wondering if people say that they're couples when they're not couples, whatever orientation you may be, just to kind of make sure that both people are getting into a program that may be competitive for both, right? What do you mean? Why would somebody do that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm wondering if I'm people like, do that. I, yeah, actually, but, the way how I should have said that, I should have said it as a question. That's what I want to know is like, do people game the system? I would think that that Like, would, for example, like, could two best friends be like, yo, we should just do it. Well, I've heard of people. So that, like, I've heard of orthopedic people. orthopedic surgery or something like that. Yeah, I have heard of people doing that. Um, not too many people. But I've had, I have heard of people doing that. But I don't know that there's an advantage to doing that. That's what I'm saying. Like, would there be an advantage? So the question is, is couples is couples match riskier than the regular match? I would think that the answer is yes, that it's riskier than the regular match. I don't know. Because my question you're going to y'all in is, with another person. My question to Leah and Sam are, are you guys married? That's an interesting question because I think if, if y'all are married, then this is a, they're going to do the couples match, I think, right? Well, maybe. So, maybe. you know. How many but, times did, when we did re- so we didn't do the couples match? You did mm-hmm. your residency at at Robert Wood in New Jersey. I did mm-hmm. my residency at Morehouse in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That was some tumultuous six years. Man, how many times did you come see me in residency? I can see you every year. Once a year, right? Yeah, once a year. That was tough. no, not once a year. No, 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 no. I no, I came to see you four times a year because we okay. got four vacations. So I would take part of my vacation. I would go to Atlanta. And I would see your sorry self. And then, <laughs> and then I'd take the other half of the vacation and I would spend usually... Remember that one time we were going to uh, counseling and I was doing transplant? Oh, my God. Yo, you was pissed. No, I wasn't. Yeah, you were That was the whole point. That's why the guy asked me what he asked me. So basically, guys, we were going through our stuff and we were doing some couples therapy and stuff. And it just so happened that... The only weekend that she could come visit was the same weekend that I was on call for transplant. And, and the service the had- entire month, <laughs> the entire month, there was nothing going on on the weekends, right? Mm. And then this, my weekend, there was like, what, four or five transplants mm-hmm. that came through. Great surgery, but yeah. poor. <laughs> I don't <laughs> Renee, think you had Renee any transplants. I think you were running from it. Renee, <laughs> Renee flew in. We were going to have a great weekend. We were going to do some therapy. And... Um, yeah, your boy had to be in the hospital the whole weekend. And she was mad. No, I wasn't. He was talking behind my back to that therapist. No, I wasn't. Stop me. And he was that talking behind my back. What'd he say? No, he was at, he asked me. Let me, me find me. out who that therapist is. What's his anyway, name? Anyway, he up, asked yo. me. Like, yo, why are you trying to sabotage my relationship? That's not the wh- point of a therapist. <laughs> he he asked ask me if I wasn't upset about it. And I was like, Well, no. set the stage. Set the stage. He asked me if I wasn't upset about it. That was That's the stage. Didn't I have to I leave do- early? No, no, I wasn't. No, 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 no. I just didn't show up. You weren't there. Yeah. Right? So I went so I could just keep the appointment. And then he was like, oh, he was like, aren't you upset about that? You came all the way here and whatever. And and he was like, tell me what you feel about that. You're not upset. And I was like, no, because that could have easily been me. Like, this is this is the life. Like, if you are not ready to be in a relationship with a doctor or be married to a doctor and accept these kinds of things, then... You know, you got to end that relationship because that's that's the way it's going to be sometimes, especially in residency, you know, depending on the rotation and what your call is like. That's transplant. I'm like, how can you you can't, you know, (laughs) 
like anyway. when somebody needs their liver, they need it. Like there's nothing you can do about it. Well, anyway, Leah and Sam, we just want to say congrats to y'all. Yeah, congrats to making it good all luck. the way to the match. Well, I, I, despite what I just said before, I really did have some really good memories at Century Towers. Like. For me, I love being right off of Independence Avenue. I remember Apple Market. Remember yes, Apple, Apple Market? Market. Some yes. of the restaurants that we would go to down there. To me, the, the Chinese na- restaurant is that still down there, y'all? Tell yeah, us. it's like right before you get to the Apple Market. I forget where it is. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's not too far. It's there not, was the bakery. Yeah. Don't forget the bakery, the bakery right next to where you live. Yes, right. You were off of Independence Avenue, also. Yes, you were directly was... off of Independence Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's this mansion that's on Independence Avenue, right next to the bakery. And there's a, a carriage house behind that mansion in their driveway, in their backyard. That's where I used to live. Yeah. I love that apartment so much. I literally cried when I left, remember? Yeah. I was like, I love my apartment. I remember moving you out. Yep. Yep. Me, me and Chris, we dumped everything. <laughs> at school. <laughs> everything at school. <laughs> that you weren't supposed to. Using a garbage bin and everything. It's crazy. Crazy. Well, anyway, Lee and Sam, thank you very much for writing to us on yeah. Textful. We appreciate that. And we wish you all the luck. I hope yeah. it works out for y'all Absolutely. getting into OB as well as surgery. Yeah. Um, actually, depending on what type of surgery and what OB you go into, I think it's extremely, um, those two specialties, you know, we've been able to make it yeah. work. You works know, for us. Works for us. It's great. Um, I've helped you in some cases. You've helped me in some cases. Have you helped me in any cases? Yes, I've helped you in cases. Stop playing. No, I'm not saying it as a joke, but for <laughs> real, like, have I called you in? Yeah, for ovary stuff. Yeah, I guess so. Mm. Yeah, anyway, I've helped you out with some hernias <laughs> and so forth, but it's been it's been great, and yeah. um, I hope it works out for you guys, and that's our advice. We haven't done the couples match. Next episode, we'll come back with some information about it. But- yeah, and if anybody, like I said, if anyone has done the couples match, um, drop us a text and, uh, yeah, let us know. All right, guys. So listen, part of this episode also is us talking about, or me talking about the books that I'm going to be reading and jumping into. I got my books all set, but before we get into that, let's go ahead and take a break. We'll be right back. Hold up. Before we continue to all my day ones and you know, each and every one of you who you are, thank you for rolling with the show from jump. And to the new listeners, welcome. What's good? Where y'all been? I want y'all to stay a while. All right. So look, I'm trying to build a community here and I need your help. So with whatever app you're listening to this show right now, I want you to click the subscribe button. Then I want you to go over to Apple Podcasts and I want you to rate and review the show. And you may be asking, how does this help? The way how it helps is by helping the show to grow and rise up in the rankings so that it's easier for new people to discover the show. Now, what's in it for you is at least once a week, I'm going to be going through these reviews. I'm going to pick a lucky reviewer and I'm going to give that person an opportunity to have a 15 minute session with me where we could talk about anything from personal finance, getting your money right to just shooting the you know what about the show. So listen, remember, all I need you to do is subscribe and then rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. Let's get on with the episode. Peace. And we're back. All right, y'all. So last year, I... So two things. I re, uh, The big thing is I read Atomic Habits last year. Mm-hmm. That was part of me reading a book. But the biggest thing I got from Atomic Habits was learning to create these little micro habits that would make me better every day over the entire year, right? You did pretty good. Well, the concept is you get 1% better, which over a year, if you do that every year, remember? It comes up to like 37% better. Which yeah, which you couldn't understand. I can't understand why can't you become 365% better. But it's better. not going to be 365% because it's only 1% of the other... Per- anyway, it's 1% of a number. So the book was <laughs> a game changer for me. I loved it. The book uh, helped me really understand that there's two types of habit change that you can have. Right. There is goal oriented habit change for the most part. And then there's identity based uh, uh, change. And the the ones that show the longest propensity to last longer is identity change. So for me, I decided to change my identity to an athlete as well as a reader. Mm -hmm. And now for over a year and two months, three months, I've been exercising at least six times a, a week. I've been very consistent with it. The only time that I took time off was when we went to Disney, where I took the week Mm -hmm. off. Even when I went to Africa, to Ghana, I was still working out, and it's Mm -hmm. been great. Where I have failed big time was reading. Mm. I read a couple of books. I even had a system where I was going to start 
um, you know, remember I was going to start reading or listening to audiobooks, audiobooks yeah. on my way to my locums position. Mm-hmm. The problem, though, with that is I didn't make it. So the key with habit change is you have to make it attractive and you have to make it replicable and mm-hmm. you have to be able to give yourself accountability. So the accountability was me telling you guys I was going to read books. Right. The problem is I didn't decide what books I was going to read. Mm-hmm. So when I would finish maybe a couple of books that I had in my queue, I never really thought about what other books that I would want to read. And as a result, I would dilly-dally and procrastinate as to what was going to be my next book. Right. Next, you know, a week turns into two to three. And you haven't picked a book. And I haven't picked a yeah. book five, six weeks. Then next, you know, I haven't read any of those type of books in a long mm-hmm. time. So working out from a system standpoint is set. I got that set. Consistently. So what's your system for the reading? So my system for the reading actually was the only thing that I needed to change is I'm still going to do audiobooks, but the only thing I'm going to change is I already have the list of books that I'm going to read for this year. Okay. I bought them, I have them as audiobooks, and I also like to have them as ver- as physical books because mm-hmm. I like to keep notes and everything. And as much as you know, technology is great, reading from a screen or listening to something audio, for me, I don't retain it as well as physically holding on to something, highlighting, keeping notes. So I just got to be, you know, game-recognized game. I just got to know who I am and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So um, before I jump into the books that I'm going to list, that I'm going to read, you want to mention anything about the books that you read last year? Uh, Actually, I'm kind of like you. I didn't read many more books than kind of the books that I think we mentioned on the show before. So I read the book... um, I read Atomic Habits, so this audio. Love that book. Um, Read, uh, oh gosh, Will Smith's book. Yes. Really like that Which I promise you guys, a review is coming very shortly. I mean, we need to do the review because I got a lot of things that I need to say about that book, but you keep holding off. But anyway. Maybe next week. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Um, And then, oh gosh, what's the other book? Uh, Oh my gosh, by Chris Voss. It's the negotiations book. Let me look it up right now. Yeah, the negotiation book. That's like never give an inch or something like that. Yeah, never split the difference. I loved never his book so much that I actually took his master class on, on master class, you know, that masterclass.com. I really, really, really loved that book. And we could do a book review once you, once you, you also um, read When Breath read Becomes Air. Yes, When Breath Becomes Air um, by, uh, ooh, what's his name? I got the name for you. Yeah, that, that was, was by Paul Kalanithi. Kalanithi. Yeah. yeah. If I'm and, saying it wrong, I apologize, guys. Yeah, um, but but yeah. that was the um, that was the doctor who unfortunately passed from uh, lung cancer. Um, wrote a book before he died. That was a great book. Really, really, really great book. Um, yeah. So but yeah. So those were the four books that I wrote. So I'm kind of like, or that I read, <laughs> that I wrote, that I read, and um, I'm kind of like you. I need to. Pick more books. Yeah. So that's that's the big change for me is is that I like to read. It's really helped me to expand my mind in so many different ways. And I'm going to be very honest with you. Like I said last year, you know, the majority of my reading is medical related. So that's great from a medical perspective. But I think in terms of how I want to, you know, just in self-improvement, and these books are not all self-improvement books, mm-hmm. but I think in terms of just expanding who I am, that is the type of change that I want to see, which is okay, these are the books. I'm very interested in these books because other people have read these books. Maybe there's some changes that I can make in my life. So, mm-hmm. you know, without further ado, let me get the books out. Which books? Because I noticed I went on Amazon. And let me tell you, Amazon, like, started pinging me with all of these books. I was like, who? <laughs> what are all of these books that have been ordered on Amazon? Yep. Okay, so here's one. <laughs> this is called The Pathless Path, right? This is imagining a new story for work and life. Um, I've seen a lot of people talk about it on social media, mm-hmm. um, but this is a book about trying to figure out what your path is going to be um, basically in this new world, mm-hmm. which is really driven by the internet and online. So I'm very interested in that because I'm going through that, what's you know right now with my life, which is, you know, yeah, like I, I'm a trauma surgeon. I enjoy what I do, but also at the same time, there's some things that I would like to accomplish online. There's some things I'd like to accomplish with this podcast. So yeah. it's very interesting to find out, you know, well, what, what, how do you figure out your North Star when there is no North Star, right? Yeah. So that's why I'm interested in that. This book is something that um, I've seen a lot of people talk about because it's extremely controversial, but it's called The Way of the Superior Man. 
Mm. Um, a spiritual guide to mastering the challenges of women, work, and sexual desire. Ooh. Right? Um, don't so come with your, Don't come trying to make no moves on me. Yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. So some people say a lot of this is BS. Some people say a lot of this is kind of like voodoo type thing. Some people say it's some toxic masculinity in here. I actually just wanted to read it because I just wanted to read it and see, see what, people, what, people, have, see what people have to say about yeah. it. So that's that book right there. There's more. But wait, there's more. <laughs> this is something that probably everybody has heard of. If you haven't, this is a really old book. Um, it's written by Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm. Right? So um, this is a book that's been written, I think, like in the 30s or 40s, apparently. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's an old, that's old book. Old but it's, it's been updated multiple times. Um, but everybody who I know who I follow on Instagram or who I follow on social media, they swear by this book. Mm. And um, just even some other people like salespeople or salesmen or uh, saleswomen or um, whoever is in business, they always talk about this book. So okay. I'm, I'm going to read this because I'm very interested in this. So yeah, this says- I might one read of the, that one with you. This says, eight things this book will help you achieve. Get out of your mental rut. Think new thoughts. Acquire new visions. Discover new ambitions. Mm. Increase your popularity. Win people to your way of thinking. Arouse enthusiasm among your associates. Mm. It'll be interesting to see. I know it's been updated, you know, multiple multiple times, but it'll be interesting to see if something written in the 1930s is still very relevant, you know, today, um, considering how different society is right now. So, this is one that I, that I think we both should read. This, this is for thing looks like a workbook. This does look like a workbook, but it's not a workbook. What? Actually, it is kind of like a workbook. Um, but this is written by Alex Hormozzi or Hormozzi, excuse Hormozzi, me. Hor yeah, Hormozzi. Um, huge uh, internet influencer, has run multiple businesses. But I'm very interested in this because the name of the book is called $100 Million Offers, mm. right? How to make offers so good people feel stupid saying no. Mm. And the reason why is, is that we trying to convince people to sponsor this podcast or to work with us <laughs> in this podcast. I got to convince these folks, yo. It costs money. You be too stupid hey, not to... It costs money to make to this whole setup. You know how much it costs to, to pay Christian and Alfred to do all these things? <laughs> and, and Alfred And Alfred said he charges by the cough. And, and Carla. Y'all are expensive, man. The rent's too high. So I got to convince these people to, to sponsor us so that we can make, you know, continue to make great content for y'all. Stop playing. Oh my God, me. That was horrible. <laughs> but it's the truth. All right. So this next book, <laughs> this next book is called Heavy. Uh, this is actually an, an American memoir by Keith Lehman. Mm. And um, I found out from, um, I was following, I'm following this guy on YouTube who he's um, someone who's started off raised very religious, mm. Christian, and he's he's documenting like almost like this existential crisis that he's happening, yeah. having with um, with Christianity and um, he's actually committed, almost tried to commit suicide two or three mm. times. So I find his his YouTube channel very compelling. But he said one of the books that he read um, is this book called Heavy. And apparently it's gotten a whole bunch of awards. Um, but it's basically a provocative memoir, fearlessly explores what the weight of a lifetime of secrets, lies, and deception does to a body, family, and mm. nation teetering on the brink of moral collapse. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very interesting. So... I want to read this and see what it has to say. So, boom. That's there. How many more books do you have? My God. Well, the, the plan is to read a book a month. Oh, my God. So, you're going through uh, yeah. 12 books. Yeah. So, this next one is from, I seen Dr. Ali Abdal talk about this. This is Building a Second Brain, a proven method to organize your digital life and unlock your creative potential. I think you need to read this. Um, but basically, this is <laughs> a way to create a system. Oh, sorry, let me put it up here. This is a way um, that helps you create a system that kind of automates your online life. And if you've seen my inbox, Gmail inbox, or if you've seen Asana or whatever I do, like stuff just keeps building and building and overflowing really and overflowing. Does. Yeah, I can't front. I have that too. And as a result, you know, it's not just my email, but just like my desktop and how I come up with ideas. If there's a way that I could figure out how to make things, how to be more productive when I'm on my laptop or be productive just in general with what I'm doing on the computer digital, mm -hmm. that's what I hope this book is going to help me. Yeah. So that's another one. This other book is uh, Homecoming by Ya Jassi, right? Homegoing. Oh, did I say homecoming? Sorry. <laughs> homegoing. Homegoing, right? Um, it's gotten a lot of awards. I'm very interested in this. It has Todd Nahisi Coates as, um, has one of the quotes in here. Um, but it's a book that I'm really interested in. It's a novel. And... Um, yeah. I haven't read a novel in a long time. So for me, as you guys are starting to get 
to see by this list. Like this is a list of books that are just books that I'm very interested in. Yeah. It's not all self-improvement. It's how can we improve our business? How can we improve ourselves? And how can we learn a little bit about our history and so forth? Yeah. So we should have a little book club going for Docs Outside the Box. What do you think? I got Quessy. You got Quessy? He's uh, he's going to be in your book club? Yeah. We should. We should have a little book club. You should let us know like what book you're reading in one in what month. And if people want to join us, maybe we'll do like some lives about the book. Next the one. Book club. Someday is Today, 22 Simple, Actionable Ways to Prepare Your Creative Life. Another book for someone who is trying to, you know, kind of get through this whole creative space. That, like I said, is a struggle for me, um, mainly because, you know, being able to stand out in this crowd is difficult at times. Yeah. And it's very interesting to see what this person has to say about ways in which I can become more creative. So I'm interested in that. Um, this is another one that goes with how to win friends and influence people, but this is called uh, Think, Think, grow rich, Think yeah. and Grow Rich. That's right? a pretty popular one too, yeah. Yeah, I hear a lot of people talk about it. This is another one that was written in the 30s also, um, but basically um, a way how to, you know, just become, I think, better with yourself, understand thought. I think there's some financial tips that you can get from this book also. I don't know. I just started, um, I haven't started reading it, but I just, this is one of the books that so many people talk about that I want to read. I'm very interested in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next one is So Good They Can't Ignore You. This is something I'm really interested in. Mm-hmm. This is written by Cal Newport, right? And basically, why skills trump passion and the quest for work you love. An important guide to starting a remarkable career, right? And the reason why I'm very interested in this book is um, I take podcasting very seriously. I really like it. You know, I think about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I've been kind of stuck in a rut with podcasting where, you know, obviously there's a lot of time that needs to be spent on on being a surgeon. And how do you, how do I balance my passion of podcasting with something that I've spent 15 years trying to do, right. which is be a surgeon, right? right? And that's been really difficult um, but this is really interesting because this is a book that's going to help me kind of understand, well, is podcasting just a passion or is it something that's worth putting time into and getting better at? So that's why I'm very interested in why skills trump passion in the quest for the work you love. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is, is just doing this part time, is that really going to get me where I need to get? Or do I need to really develop some really good podcasting skills? skills? What do y'all think? Tell me. What do you think? So, skills. Then the next one is, I already actually started reading this book last year. This is How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram, um, Ibram Kendi. Very popular book that I think a lot of people started reading. Obviously, um, when George Floyd was killed by police officers, this was one of the books that a lot of people talked about. Um, but I started reading it last year. It kind of fell off my, um, my reading list. I just got busy with a whole bunch of different things. So mm-hmm. my plan is to continue reading this and finish it. And um, yeah, I'll give a review on that. Yeah. Uh, the next book is next book is called White Fragility. It's another book um, that's that, a pretty popular one that yeah. people talk about a lot. Too. New York yeah. Times number one bestseller, um, White Fragility. This is written by Robin DiAngelo, uh, foreword by Michael Eric Dyson. So these are the books. Oh, the last book that I'm going to read or that I've already read, but it's part of the twelve is called The Miracle Morning. Yeah. So I've already read that already. So check one for January. Um, so that book, Miracle Morning, is just basically basically waking up early is the key to getting a whole bunch of different things done. Mm-hmm. Long story short. I'll do a review on it, but it's going to be a short review. Okay. Right? But these are the books that I'm reading for 2023. I have them all in the audiobook version. And um, I also have the So know, what are you reading paperbacks. for February? <laughs> That's a good question. I didn't just <laughs> what? <laughs> Hello? Okay. Pick a book right now. So good they can't ignore you. Okay, there you go. So, so if anybody wants to join Dr. Nee in reading the book So Good That They Can't Ignore You, then that's the book he's going to be reading for February. And you know what? We're going to do a little book club. Okay. You're going to be the one in charge of like yeah. managing it. Because Renee says all these different things. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then I got to manage all these different things. So, what? what? So Wait, hold on. What you, do you, you manage, Nee? What so. do you manage? Ask Christian and Alfred. What do you mean? When's the last time you even spoke or communicated, especially with Alfred? When's the last time you communicated with Alfred? See, me and Alfred. No, you we and like Alfred, this. nothing. No, we like this. Alfred, you no, become the it's, intermediary, it's but me and Alfred, and Alfred we like Alfred this. Now. No, it's you me know? and Alfred now. So, like, 
Yeah, no. So what, Alfred, can you just put in and Captain it's Phillips? Christian Captain Phillips? and Carla. Who's the captain now? It's <laughs> Is Renee the captain now? I'm your captain now. Okay, so I'm going to be reading two books. Um, our upstairs neighbor um, gave me the book, um, The Light We Carry by Michelle Obama. So I'm going to be reading that. And... Very interestingly enough, I also have this book upstairs. If I knew we were showing off our books for show and tell today, I would have brought it. But I also bought a book that was written by my mentee turned doctor turned friend, uh, Dr. Brooke Mobley. She wrote a book called I Too Cry Purple Tears. And it basically is a book about um, her experience with domestic abuse. So very interesting book um i think that um yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna read that and um yeah i got i already got my copy upstairs and she had her i think she had her book launch and everything already so pretty proud of her for that so y'all we need y'all to join us hopefully (laughs) remember this is part of us kind of just expanding um who we are you know we're more than just doctors we're also interested in what's going on in life but Mm -hmm. also a little bit learning about history personal improvement you know, how to be better podcasters, how to just be better people. So if you're interested in that list, we'll put the list in the show notes mm-hmm. and uh, you could click on the links if you want to. Uh, remember, if you click on a link and you buy from Amazon or wherever the links is, it kind of helps us. You know what I'm saying? You get a little something, we get a little something. So <laughs> just hook it up. All right. And we will make it happen. The next uh, segment we're going to jump into is we're going to talk about Dr. Chambers, yeah, the period doctor. But yeah, I got to get my, my throat right. Let's take a break. We'll <laughs> be right break back. Hold up. Before we continue to all my day ones and you know each and every one of you who you are. Thank you for rolling with the show from Jump and to the new listeners. Welcome. What's good? Where y'all been? I want y'all to stay a while. All right. So look, I'm trying to build a community here and I need your help. So with whatever app you're listening to this show right now, I want you to click the subscribe button. Then I want you to go over to Apple Podcasts and I want you to rate and review the show. And you may be asking, how does this help? The way how it helps is by helping the show to grow and rise up in the rankings so that it's easier for new people to discover the show. Now, what's in it for you is at least once a week, I'm going to be going through these reviews. I'm going to pick a lucky reviewer and I'm going to give that person an opportunity to have a 15 minute session with me where we could talk about anything from personal finance, getting your money right to just shooting the you know what about the show. So listen, remember, all I need you to do is subscribe and then rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. Let's get on with the episode. Peace. All right, we are back with our last segment. So let's jump into Dr. Chambers, also known as the period doc. Mm-hmm. I love the names named after affliction. Is it an affliction <laughs> really or a point in your life, you know? Um, but she's the period doctor. She's got a lot of followers on Instagram as well as other modes of social media. Yeah. She also just got engaged. So shout out to you. Yay! But the reason I brought her up is she, I recently was scrolling through and I saw that she had a, a couple of reels kind of talking about her recently freezing her eggs. And obviously, she, eventually she's going to do in vitro fertilization mm-hmm. of some form. And uh, it was very interesting. She's got a lot of people who are following this. I actually did an interview with uh, two medical students who are at, um, what's the name of the school that Deshaun goes to? Oh, Norda. What is that short? What is, what's the long name? It's uh, Norda. It's, the name is Norda. That's the name oh, of the it's school. Oh, it's not an acronym. No, it's Norda College of Osteopathic Medicine. So there's these two uh, women great medical students and they're actually really good podcasters. They have a podcast called the DO Diaries. So we were discussing, you know, just what it's like to be a surgeon and podcaster. And then they just happened to bring up Dr. Chambers. And I was like, wow, like the fact that they saw this, cause they're, you know, mm-hmm. obviously they're in their, their mid twenties and they're considering being, you know, they're professional women and they're considering mm-hmm. that balance of being a doctor and also wanting, you know, having that biological clock. Yeah. So I was like, we should bring this up because as we mentioned earlier in the episode, although you didn't freeze your eggs, you did freeze your eggs. I didn't freeze my eggs. That's not that's not the appropriate term. And as an OBGYN, I cannot allow you to to do that. Well, anyway, she <laughs> Dr. Chambers shared why she froze her eggs. We Renee, froze embryos. We did not freeze eggs. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay, so what's the what's the difference again? 
What do you mean? You put in half on an embryo, mm -hmm. okay? An egg just comes from me. Got you. Gotcha. Okay. So an embryo is a fertilized egg, right? Take us through the process because she was showing videos of her like taking shots and all these different things. And shot, I remember, shot, and I remember shot, you was shot. going through that. Yo. <laughs> Yo, the metabolic that? changes that were going with you, man. What was crazy. going on with me, me? You was like. I was like, what? Why do you do things just for the podcast? What are you, are you kidding me? There was no metabolic are we, are changes. Are we potting or what? Come on. There were no metabolic changes. As a matter of fact. Behavior changes. No, there were no behavior changes, me. That okay, so what, so what did you have to do? Come on, let's get so, to the point. What did you have to do? What did you have to inject yourself? What did you have to do? Come on, get to the point, man. Basically. Dang. When you so when you start the process, right? They have to figure out kind of where you are in your cycle. They do ultrasounds. They do blood work. Um, they also have to figure out, you know, they do something called the AMH, which is an anti-malarian hormone, um, which kind of tells you a little bit about your egg quality. Um, and especially for women who are thirty-five and older, you really want to know what the AMH is, um, so that you can kind of gauge what the egg quality is. But even if you're younger, that doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to have um, a a you know an AMH that is of a, a de decent number. Anyway, um, once they figure that out, then they they begin your regimen, right? So usually it's on like your the the cycle of day three that they're trying to figure out, okay, well, you know, kind of what, how many eggs does it look like you have? Then they can figure out from there or how many follicles, excuse me, how many follicles that you have that look like are forming on day three of your cycle. When I say day three of your cycle, right, everybody understands that that's like the start of your period, right, X, Y, and Z. So anyway, um, they figure out how many follicles you have and then I'm not an IVF doc, so I don't know kind of how they make the decision, but they make a decision as to which um, which hormones you're going to start on. So they start you on something to basically stimulate your follicles to start growing. And then you have to basically inject yourself, you know, pretty much every day, start injecting yourself um, with whatever it is that they give you. You go in, you do your your ultrasounds. You're doing ultrasounds sometimes twice a week, um, sometimes even more, depending on how close you are to getting follicles of a certain size. Once you get to that point, and it's usually like a two-week period that you're injecting yourself. Um, and you could be injecting yourself more than once a day, you know, depending on your regimen. But usually it's over a two-week cycle. So in that two-week cycle, you could have five, maybe six, maybe even seven ultrasounds, again, depending on how you're responding. Um, once you get a number of follicles of a certain size, that's when they will um, schedule you for a procedure to do an egg retrieval. Once they retrieve the eggs, then they look at them and see, you know, which ones are actually eggs and which ones are just still kind of follicles. And then they freeze you know, whichever ones are, look like they're decent or viable. How big are the needles when you were doing it? For, oh, um, which gauge? I don't remember the gauges of the needles. Some of them are really, really small. Do you remember how you felt during that? Because I remember like there was times where when I was, I would help you. Mm -hmm. We had to put, you would do like, you take like literally some frozen vegetables and put it on your skin. Mm -hmm. And then you would inject yourself. Yeah, yeah. So depend, it depends, again, right? It depends on what part of the process you're in, right? So the I, if I remember correctly, the stimulating, the stimulating hormone that I had, the needle was actually really little because it's only sub-Q, right? So it's just right under the skin. But once... Once we got the once we got the embryo transferred back into my uterus, that's when I had to do the progesterone shots, and that's a big mamma jamma needle, because it has to be intramuscular. And so I remember you used to do those injections for me, but there was a point in time I don't know if you remember I had to travel, and I had to travel and do the shots myself. And man, let me tell you, I was like. I was sweating. I was like, okay, one, two. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yo, she had to talk herself into doing this. I really had to talk myself into doing it. She had to, she had to get it. her mind right. Like, yes. yo, hey, yo, let's get this. Let's get this. Yes, ready? We gonna ready? Get this. We going to get But then, punching after yourself I in did... the chest. You going to do this? You going to do this? Come on, yo. Come oh on, son. Oh, my gosh. Woman up. Woman up. <laughs> Aim high, Willis. Aim high. <laughs> but, at, you know, once I did it a couple of times, 
after that, it it was just like, okay, I'm just going to inject myself. It became actually very easy to do. So once I pushed past that fear, it was easy to do. But um, but it's a it's a grueling process, um, you know, injecting yourself and things like that. I was like, oh, this is how diabetics feel, you know, like it's it's a grueling process because, you know, in your your brain doesn't want to do you any harm. Right. And so knowing that you're going to have some pain is, you know, th- that's something that you really, really have to get over. Um, but yeah, what, it was, was really it, hard for me. Which, because Which is the one where you get the the what is it? What is it? The point where like, there was a point where you felt really heavy in your pelvis. Oh, that's what, so yeah, that's when the follicles like are ready to pop basically. Mm -hmm. So you definitely don't want to ovulate because you might ovulate all them eggs all at once. That would not be a good idea. end up like the octomom. Yeah, end up like octomom. Well, at that point, hopefully your, you know, your uh, REI would be like, "Mm, we are not going to be, you know, injecting any sperm or anything else in you. Um, But... Um, yeah, that's at the point when the follicles are just like so heavy and that's right before your egg retrieval. You just feel like everything is in there. You feel like somebody put like too many sandbags Oof. inside of your pelvis and you're walking around with this thing just like heavy. Yeah, yeah. it was it was tough seeing you go through that. Um, it was also tough looking at that bank account because <laughs> we lived in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is not one of the states that has a mandate on um, fertility insurance coverage. Yeah. So as of 2022, 20 states have passed fertility insurance coverage laws, right? 14 of those laws include IVF coverage and 12 states have fertility preservation laws, fiatrogenic infertility. Mm. Basically what that means is that they offer, like these laws are saying that, you know, the health insurance has to cover. or your employer is mandated to cover mm-hmm. some form, some version of infertility. Yeah. So we lived in Pennsylvania that wasn't covered and that mm-hmm. was expensive. I'm just going right now. We did it in 2014. Yeah. But according to Forbes right now, egg retrieval, embryo transfer can range. And that's for a single IVF cycle. Right. Can range anywhere between $15,000 to $30 thousand dollars yeah depending on the center that you go to mm-hmm. and it's not guaranteed that you're gonna have right you're gonna have a there success there are some centers that will like guarantee that you're gonna have a pregnancy i don't know how that that works um you know sometimes i look at it i'm like is that like you're gonna raise your mcat so many points otherwise we're gonna give you another free course like i don't there are some centers that do that. Wait, they guarantee pregnancy or they guarantee, they guarantee that you're going to... They guarantee that you'll get pregnant. I don't... There's not many of them that do this, but there are some that are like, yeah, we guarantee you'll get pregnant. I'm like, you really shouldn't, like, do that. You know, like, you really shouldn't do that. But I think that they do that because they want to... One, they want to gain customers. Um, excuse me, patients. Um, <laughs> but two... <laughs> Um, you know, they they want their patients to really believe that they're going to do the best, um, the best possible job for them, which I I mean, I would think that any doctor worth their weight and goal is gonna do the best possible job. I don't know that you need a guarantee that you're gonna get pregnant. I just think that that's a really, really risky little game. Well, the one thing that um I from a man perspective, I I remember I was a little bit I was like, okay, why are we doing this? Because we hadn't tried for a year at that point, right? Remember? Oh, ap- so the I so you're saying after we started the IVF cycle. Right. So yeah. usually in- infertility is you're trying for at least a year and it doesn't work, right? Right. So we hadn't been, we hadn't reached a year. We haven't even gotten close to it. So I'm very interested. Why did you decide to start the IVF process? Or I was, obviously I knew, but why did you decide to start the IVF? We just got married and it's just like, wait, how much? No. So... You are forgetting, my friend. But we, my friend, my friend, oh my you are forgetting. We tried for six months, and at that point, I was over thirty-five years old. <laughs> so the dictum is, you try for a year, but that's usually for women under the age of thirty-five. Mm-hmm. Over the age of thirty-five, you say no, try for six months, and it's because you worry about, okay, number of eggs and egg quality diminishing at a very exponential rate. So even in the six-month period, like, you still taking a little bit of a risk. But we did try for six, you forget, but I said to you, let's try for six months. 
if six months comes and it doesn't yeah. happen, the let's incense, start IVF. Incense wasn't working. R&B wasn't working. And we actually did try a little bit. <laughs> we tried a little bit longer, if you remember, because in between, in between my egg retrieval and that first embryo transfer, remember, we went to Ghana. So we didn't we didn't go right away. We didn't do the embryo transfer right away. Remember, we went to Ghana first. And then a couple, I think we had like a couple, a couple more weeks or a couple more months, I can't remember, went by. And I still wasn't pregnant at that point. So that's when we decided, okay, fine, we're going to go and do the em- the embryo um, transfer. So let's, let, I mean, she just, you saw her video, right? You yeah. saw what she was saying. So, mm-hmm. you know, at that point, like, what, what would you be thinking at that point? Like, like, I'm, I wish I could have her. We should have reached out to see if she can come on the show. Yeah, we could still do that. Mm-hmm. And just get her opinion. But it's just really interesting because that's a that's a huge, particularly if you're in a state that doesn't cover this, mm-hmm. that's a big expense. Now, obviously, she's she's a board certified, you know, OB, mm-hmm. so she has the means to do this. But that's a huge investment. Yeah. You know, yeah. so we're talking about, I mean, I'm looking at this right now, like the base fee, it's saying um, for doing it and not having a donor, that means you're using your own eggs. Mm-hmm. Or doing embryo creation and all that stuff. It's at least twelve to fourteen thousand dollars as the base fee. Yeah. Right. Then a fertility assessment is two hundred and fifty to five hundred dollars. Semen analysis two hundred to two fifty. Injectable medications. Remember that. Yeah. Three Gs, three yep. stacks, or six to six stacks. Mm-hmm. Right. We had like five thousand worth of. Ours was about five thousand. Hey, yo, this stuff is expand. Yeah. Did you think if let's say for example. Um, we didn't get married. Mm-hmm. Then when we got married, would you have done like egg? Did you ever consider that even before um, that point? Yeah, I did. I I considered you know freezing you know freezing my eggs. My sister actually did IVF before I did IVF. Um, so that you know having those conversations already, you know, not just with my patients, but you know with my own sister, um, you know that was definitely something that I was thinking about. Like, hmm, should I you know should I freeze my eggs? Like. I don't know at what point I would have done it. I probably would have done it before 40, I think. You know, especially if I if I wasn't dating someone or, you know, if I were dating someone but for some reason, you know, the the time frame um between us, you know, either being married and having kids, if I if I saw that was going to be a long period of time, I probably would have frozen my eggs. That was one of the discussions I had with my sister when I realized, you know, when we realized she was getting married. I was like, ah, you might want to freeze your eggs and things like that. Um, So that that was definitely um, on the table for me. It just, you know, it just didn't. It didn't work out that way. That's yeah. not the way it worked out for us. So I'm going to leave a link to this thing called Resolve. It's the National Infertility Association. And on there, they have the list of state fertility insurance laws mm-hmm. for states from Arkansas to California to West Virginia to... Um, all the states. Well, no, no. It's not all the states. Oh, it's no. literally like about 20 oh, states. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not every state. So it can be difficult because so in our situation, what ended up happening is, is we lived in Pennsylvania and you had two options. You could go to Pittsburgh and get, mm-hmm. I think, a portion or at least like the ultrasounds done yeah. that would be covered by insurance. Which was still two hours away. But the actual IVF, the transfer, all of those things that we consider to be like the meat and potatoes of IVF, mm-hmm. you would have to pay out of pocket for, correct? Right. And, or, or, and then the other option is, is you decided to drive yourself all the way back to Jersey. To the people who trained me. To the people who trained you, which I think brought in, that was more of a... Doing that was really a... Um, it was a personal preference for me. Well, I know it was a personal preference, but I think in terms of just making sure that everything worked and in line, that mm-hmm. was really difficult because you had... Like, t- take us through, because there was times where you would finish clinic, right, in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and then you had a session at like six in the morning, mm-hmm. the next morning. Yeah. And so you're driving on Interstate 80, you're injecting yourself at a rest mm-hmm. stop, and then you're staying at a hotel, then you're still driving into New Jersey mm-hmm. to be there by six in the morning just to get an ultrasound that's going to last for like what? Yeah, just a few minutes. Just a few get minutes. Get some blood work, ultrasound, get back in the car by like 7 a.m., and then, you know, get back to Pennsylvania about four hours into it. Um, and start seeing patients. Make sure you and get then, sheets first, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> get some sheets breakfast up in this mug. Made then, to order, yeah. right? And then, um, yeah, and then start seeing patients and possibly even be on call that night. It was very stressful. And and that's that's just one stretch, right? I could be doing this two and three times a week, which was part of the problem, right? Because, again, that two-week 
cycle, that two week period where you're basically injecting yourself, depending on what your numbers are, depending on what your ultrasound shows, you might actually have to come back if your follicles are, you know, of a certain size and they're like, they getting a little bit too big. So you're going to have to come back tomorrow. You like tomorrow. Well, I have to definitely say that that was one of the more difficult times for me as a spouse oh, because look at you. Well, not because I'm just I'm just not kidding. not because you know obviously I'm not taking the injections I'm not having no, my body change or anything like kidding. that but I'm just saying like it was just like how do I support you right like at this point because we had gone through how many sessions have we gone through like five uh, I, so total yeah I don't even know how many but it was two and a half years. Yeah, it, it was, it was two a lot. And a half years. It was a lot of money. I know I was getting nervous about this, and we're still trying to pay off debt, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, literally, we're new money, right? Like we had just come into you know a good salary, and it was just like, man, like I feel like we're putting money into and, something, and we were still paying off our student loan debt. Yeah, I mentioned that, and yeah, I feel yeah. like I'm putting money into something that's not working. You start yeah. to see these other places, like you said, that are guaranteeing. I'm like, well, maybe we should change doctors and go to these different things. But I couldn't say it out loud. I was just thinking in my mind these things then it's like the injections and all of those things were just very difficult and i think probably one of the more humbling points for me was wow money it, at one point it felt like money can't fix this yeah right money can't so fix the it. amount any amount of money that we throw into this can't fix this and that was mm-hmm. an extremely sobering part that i kind of just thought to myself I was like wow like we are not in control of this mm-hmm. and you you spend your entire life or at least you spend you know your 20s Thinking, okay, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure that my career is like this, so that I can always be in control. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like the way how celestial things happen, it's like ah, you are not in control of this. It's like, yo, hold yeah. up, like you are not in control, yeah. and this is the way how you it's were gonna pretty go. frustrated at that time because you'd be like, I don't understand, you know. In our last miscarriage, before um, our older our older son was born, remember. That So we had switched doctors. After a while, we went, we said, you know what, let's maybe try a different doctor, um, you know, maybe a different regimen. Um, so we decided to go to a different doctor. That's at the point where I got, I actually got pregnant. That was the farthest I had ever gone with IVF. And I got to six weeks. And then I was like, uh-oh, I'm bleeding. And I just, I just knew, I was like, I, I just knew like this, I, I'm like, I've seen this before. Yeah, I've seen trying to, it. Trying to go to an ultrasound that's like three and a half hours yes, away. Yes, then, yep. And it's almost like this long drive to yes. Abilene. And you're just like, oh. Exactly. So yeah. we um, got in the car and you were like, you know, you were like, no, it's going to be fine. And right almost as we got there, I don't know if you remember this. I was like, I need to prepare this man because I don't think he knows what I know. But this pregnancy is done. Like this pregnancy is over. And I don't know if you remember, but right before we, you know, got to the place, I said to you, I was like, this pregnancy is not, this is not it. And you were like, no, I don't think so. And then remember our doctor, she didn't even believe it. She was like, no, it's probably fine. You're probably just, you know, having subchorionic hemorrhage. And I was like, and then she put the probe in and every OB knows this. When you put the probe in and there's a silence. The OB says nothing and just looks at the screen. You know that that pregnancy is over. And that's exactly what happened. She put the probe in and you're like, what, what? And I'm like, she quiet. This pregnancy is over. Yeah, it was kind of, it was radio silence on that. Yeah. And I definitely was. Yeah. But, um, but. I definitely was just like, "Mm." yeah, I was, I was at that point, I was, I was pretty frustrated at that point because I was like, man, like. This is the fifth. I think that was the fifth or the sixth cycle. Fifth or sixth. Yeah, it was a lot of cycles. It was a lot because it's not even just the money. It's the what you have to do to get the money. Hold on. Let me let me finish what we have to do to get the money, which is at that point, there was a point where for seven months in a row, we were living two weeks apart Mm -hmm. so that I can go do locums. And then we would save that money and use that money to, you know, for our upcoming um, fertility trials and so forth or fertility events and it was it was crazy so it was just like man like for seven months in a row we're not around each other for two weeks we're not around each other and it's not working and you know i'll keep working how long is this gonna go and then we're living apart it's also the disappointment you know well that's what i'm but that's what i'm talking about that's exactly what i'm describing it's it's this hold on it's this let me finish my point go go finish your point you're not making it the way that i i would make it so but that's not you though it's It's, me right that's why I'm jumping in. 
Okay, so it's it's <laughs> it's disappointment. Whatever way you want to describe it, it's like, yo, this is just not working, and it's frustrating because it's like, okay, well, do we continue to live like this in order to try something that's not working? Yeah. When do we just say, yo, this is a wrap, it ain't gonna work, and we got to start thinking about other options and so forth. So that part for me was really frustrating, and that was the part where I know that I know some people were like, yo, you guys got to be careful because you know they've seen couples kind of break apart mm-hmm. actually. Over difficulties with IVF, whether it's the price, whether, you know, it's the, you know, maniacal nature in in terms of your schedule and all these different things Mm -hmm. that you have to consider and so forth. Um, You know, it's just it's crazy. And I've heard about it. So I think I was kind of thinking about those stories. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the when I talk about the disappointment, I'm talking about the like the disappointment, not not just the financial or the, you know, practical, the practicality of your schedule, but the disappointment of like a loss, right? You feel like you're losing a part of your future. You know what I mean? And I I see this a lot with my patients when they come in, they have a miscarriage, you know, and there's a loss that they feel that they've had because now there's an idea of what this future was going to look like. And it feels like it's been ripped away from them, you know? Um, And what I remember specifically about that last visit, the last miscarriage that I had about that visit was actually your disappointment as well as the disappointment of our doctor. And she just, you you and she were actually more disappointed than I was, but I think it was because I had already known. Yeah, but I was kind of like, you was driving me nuts though. You was pissing me off because you was like this whole like, it was almost like, I was like, are you all right? You were like, oh yeah, no. yeah, I'm, I'm excited and all this stuff. I'm like, I didn't say I was excited. What's wrong with me? you, yo? I didn't say I was excited. I was like, excited. you know how much money we spent and we, what do you call it? We what are you dropped talking it? about? Right? It's not like you didn't say you was excited, but you were kind of like all like positive. No. I'm like, yo man, I ain't trying to handle positivity, yo. Yeah, but you, you know didn't what I'm understand like, why. Well, I did at that point afterwards, at, I figured it that's out. That's right. But even then, I was like, yo, can you just chill, man? Because nope. you all super because like I Mickey sat, Mouse about everything. I, I was like, yo, in that office, if this girl doesn't shut up about the fact that we, she's happy that she got pregnant. I and didn't that- say I was happy. I What I kept saying to both of you is, it's okay. That's what I said to both of you. You both were, oh, man, I didn't want no and uplifting I'm sitting speech. there and I'm like, I didn't want to. But sometimes, though, you got to admit, though, sometimes you be trying to uplift people when they ain't want no uplifting speech. Like, what just are let you us, talking about? I'm the one be... that lost the, the pregnancy. Yeah, but we didn't ask you to be all like, <laughs> nobody asked you to be all anyway, like. Anyway, I was, just chill, I like, don't know what happened to me at that point in time, but I, I was overwhelmed with, uh, I was overwhelmed with a feeling of positivity. And I was just like, it's okay. In my mind, in that moment, in my mind, I was like, I'm going to have a baby. I knew I was. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I knew. I don't know what made By me By hell think high that, water, you can have a baby. I, I don't know what, I didn't know what it was, but I was like, I'm going to have a baby. I felt like in my, just in my mind and in my heart that it was going to happen. Even though you guys were just like, oh, you know. Like we weren't, oh. Yeah, you no, were, oh. No, we weren't. <laughs> Guys, she's just exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating. That but anyway, not, you no, you and my second. doctor were that, very disappointed. On. We were disappointed, but we were nobody was wailing. I didn't say or anything okay, fine. like that. You weren't wailing. But Listen, guys, so we just wanted to share a little bit of of our experience with, obviously, we didn't freeze eggs, but we did freeze embryos as part of the IVF process. Um, But there's a lot of um, financial implications that go along with that, either as a single professional or as, you know, a couple that, that is a professional. And that had an effect on our finances, how we paid off our debt emergency funds, and even to some extent for several months, how we lived together that had a major difference. So that's why when I saw that video, I was like, hmm, it'd be interesting to share our perspective mm-hmm. on IVF and so forth. Yeah. So we're going to put the links to those, to that Forbes article, as well as Resolve, that will be in the show notes. Yeah. But I think we've kind of gone, you know, longer than we wanted to on this episode. So is there anything else that you want to say on this matter? No, just good luck to Dr. Chambers. And um, I know it can be a pretty grueling process, but I'm really happy that she shared her process. Um, You know, just sometimes people think it's easier than what it is. Um, But yeah, I'm really excited for her and her fiance and hope they can... Populate the earth. Do their part in populating the earth. <laughs> well, let them get married first and then they do whatever they want. I have to a do friend of mine whose husband calls children will be pe- will be a little clean about it, but he calls them F trophies. <laughs> <laughs> Just have them all scattered. F trophies. <laughs> 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 
That's actually funny. <laughs> and you. <laughs> There's some toxic masculinity. We were just talking about that earlier, right? <laughs> no, that's not toxic masculinity. <laughs> well, anyway, guys, listen. We are going to end this show on that note. But listen, also, make sure you check out our link. It, Alfred, please put the link to ihcv.org. Remember, that's the International Healthcare Volunteers. That's the organization that we do our medical mission trips or medical humanitarian trips to Ghana. We'll be going. Once again, the trip will be August 4th to the 18th. That means yep. we are leaving JFK and arriving in Ghana August 5th. And we are leaving Ghana on August 18th, arriving in New York City on August 19th. This is a great experience no matter where you are in the healthcare field. We use everyone from nurses to PAs to medical students to, um, you know, junior volunteers. junior volunteers. So make sure you go to ihcv.org. There's an additional link that you can click on and find out more about what we're doing and what we are planning. Yep. This episode, we are recording on February 22nd. So we have plenty of time for you to participate. And once again, text us. Let us know what you think about what we talked about in this episode. You can text us at 833-230-2860. Once again, shout out to Leah and Sam. Shout out to me for picking those books. I'll give myself <laughs> props as well as shout out to Dr. Chambers for sharing our story. Yeah. We will catch you guys on the next episode of Docs Outside the Box. <laughs> With a better voice. With a better voice. <laughs> Peace. Hey guys, thanks again for listening as well as supporting Docs Outside the Box. Listen, this show is produced by Darko Media Group and the dope audio experience is edited by the one, the only Christian Parry, also known as your podcast pal. Links to him in the show notes. Listen, this is Dr. Ning, the Doc Outside the Box. I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.